What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in today's episode of Tofu Talk. For those of you who don't know us, we are two Asian Americans with very different backgrounds that are clearly shown in our personalities. This is a podcast where we'll share our experiences, mistakes, and more that will hopefully entertain you and maybe even make you think a little. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back, friends, to Tofu Talk. We are starting a brand new series, and we are actually switching it up. So if you've listened to our past series, we usually will do two episodes with just John and I, talking kind of off the cuff, having conversations. And then in the third episode of a series, we'll have a interview with an expert or interesting person in our life to talk about that specific topic a little bit more. But for this new series, we decided to bring on an interview first to kick off the series. And I will tell you guys right now what the series is called. It is called the Rising Up Series. Woo! <laughs> we need to get a little background noise to have a little clapping yeah, going. Yeah, but so today we are very, very happy to be recording from uh, lovely San Diego, specifically the Hillcrest area for all of you Californians, uh, because we are here visiting my sister, Rima, um, who I don't even know how to introduce, but I'll try my best. So she's my older sister. She works in uh, healthcare improvement as a project manager, and... I mean, that's just one aspect of who she is. That's her job. But then also, uh, she's very interested and, um, and, and interested is a, not the right word. Very passionate about fitness, health, wellness, all of the things that really Tofu Talk cares about as well. So you are a perfect person to have on the show today. And we're excited to get into this conversation. Yeah, I'm super excited. Hey everyone, uh, this is Rima, big fan of Tofu Talk. Been listening to the podcast, I think, on all of my long walks, trying to get in those 10K steps every single uh, yeah. every single day. So this is great. It's great to have our uh, probably our number one supporter, except for I mean probably Rima, probably my mom, probably your mom, yeah, <laughs> probably our top three supporters. But uh, where's our dads at? <laughs> yeah, I know. What the heck? They're they're just not on the Tohu Talk game yet. Yeah, but it's awesome, uh, Rima, to have you here. So we really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to kick us off here, one of the I mean, we're here in San Diego, right? So yes, obviously the move you made was pretty recent. It was only a few you know a few months ago, back in September, October. The move from Boston to San Diego. Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. So how has it been? I and mean, that's a huge step to take in your life to move all the way across the country how has that been so far so far so good I mean uh I've been joking that I've moved from the most northeast area to the more of the southwest area of the country but it's definitely been a nice experience a challenge during COVID I I don't think moving across country is ever easy but it definitely was a challenge but I was really up for it um but I would say the biggest thing is just kind of like learning how to grow in a new city, not knowing anybody, being aware of the virus and just knowing that I wouldn't be able to socialize and do things in a new city how I typically do them. So definitely a time for a lot of inner reflection too, along with exploring, which I think uh, took me a few months to get a good balance, but I'm feeling 
really good about it now. So definitely. Yeah, I definitely feel like uh, this is the first time we're visiting you, but it feels like your apartment is all so beautifully decorated. It seems like you've lived here forever. Like you have your systems down. We went to the farmer's market right down the street. Like you showed us your walking paths throughout the day. It feels very like you have made this your home. I think in a short amount of time. Yeah, and I think establishing for me, some people might be feel differently about this, but establishing home front roots is like a first thing. If I'm gonna be here, like making sure I'm able to set up my morning and my evening routines, and that requires like having a stable home, having mm-hmm. your things all in place, having your coffee, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you said a lot of, I think a lot of people went through this during COVID, the, the inner reflection, but I think it's kind of fun. I feel like if I moved to a new city and it wasn't during kind of the last year during the pandemic, I think, I feel like I'd be getting pulled in so many different ways because there's so much going on, so much to do, but it's interesting because I feel like having that time to focus on like learning the area, like not you know, not interacting with people, not getting pulled, but kind of being able to focus on your own current situation must be kind of almost relaxing or like not not as like high anxiety moving to a new place. You kind of get to like ease into it almost. And I'm sure as hopefully vaccine keeps getting distributed, things slowly reopen, you get to then slowly, you know, start to experience more and more. I mean, if I could do that, I think that'd be a fun way to, to move somewhere. To, to move somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Well, because even prior to moving to San Diego, I feel like you have been an avid traveler. Um, And along with being an avid traveler, also an avid planner. Because you want to make the most of every experience you're having from city to city. Would you say that um, that planning aspect of your personality, was that a big part in moving to San Diego? Like, how much did you prepare before moving? versus were you kind of figuring things out once you got here? Yeah, and I think a big part of that is, so I am a a planner, I'm a Virgo, and I'm not huge into astrology, but I feel like if you look at the traits of a Virgo, you're like, that is Rima. Um, And I'm also ambivert. So being ambivert, for people who don't know, it's like literally taking that 50-50 way of being an introvert and extrovert. So when I did travel in the past, pre-COVID, I would get to a new city, join you know the Facebook groups, go on Bumble BFF, Um, find friends through couch surfer to go do things and be really out in the city doing things and putting myself sometimes in a little bit uncomfortable situations because I knew that was the only way for me to get out of my comfort zone and learn but being in a new city and not being able to do that was kind of nice in a weird way a little frustrating at first but it forces you to be like okay this is my surroundings and the only person I have to hang out with is me so why not just learn the most from it and sometimes the best days I've had since moving to New City has been actually walking around for like a five mile walk, not listening to anything besides my own thoughts or observing stuff around the city and being like, hey, wow, there's that coffee shop. Never saw that on a recommended Mm -hmm. list, but looks really cool. Let me just go check it out and being with yourself and being okay with it. So definitely switch up um, a different way of traveling than I have before, but something that I would never take back or do differently. I really like what you said about just being with your own thoughts. Like sometimes maybe you'll be on a walk and throw on music, throw on a podcast, throw on an audiobook. But it's sometimes it's more difficult to be with just yourself than it is to surround yourself with people and constant stimulation. Um, so I think that's really good that you're you're really absorbing the present moment by just being with your thoughts. 
Um, Because that's even something that I am working on personally with meditation, which is like a practice of being with your thoughts, being here in the present moment without filling your time with other voices and people and um, even uh, podcasts or whatever, just being with yourself. So I think that that is really great that you're able to do that. Um, Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what got me into running a lot was that I would just like go out and just be in my own th- head for yeah. an hour Yeah, no, no music or anything? So I'm, I'm weird. I put music and podcasts on, but I don't really listen to it. It's kind yeah. of just there. It's like and a little I'm, background. Yeah, and then I'm more in my head and listening to these. And that's probably not a good thing. I'm probably wasting <laughs> great content that I should be, you know, taking notes on and actually learning from. But but I think that's a... I mean, I love that. Like kind of going for those long walks, kind of disconnecting to kind of connect with yourself. And, and I think it's really important. Um, so moving all the way here from Boston, obviously life changed. You said that, you know, you didn't really know anyone here in San Diego. So would you say your life has changed? Like, like your day-to-day activities, like what you're focused on, are you focused on, you know, X more than you are and Y, like other different things you're kind of doing on your, on your day-to-day right now? Yeah. So I think a a big thing that a lot of people probably will connect with during COVID is I became a full-time remote worker. I had previously previously worked on a lot of international projects where yes I wasn't working in person but even more so moving to the west coast I'm actually still working on east coast hours so my day typically starts with like a meeting or some type of work related thing at 5 30 in the morning uh, California time so Jeez. because <laughs> that is so early I've had to be really strict with myself and yes this is a vacation week for those uh, who might be listening so it's a little bit different but my morning routine it sometimes stinks to wake up at 4.45, but it's also the only time in my day to start off with nothing from the external world entering my mind. So I usually actually do start with meditation. I use sometimes Headspace, I'll do like a course pack or sometimes just on my own or reading a quick passage from the Daily Stoic and journaling about it or something like that just to get my mind right and get myself set up for the day because 5 30 is really early and if it starts with something stressful it kind of for me it sets the tone for the rest of the day so i've had to set up specific morning routines evening routines sometimes the morning one gets 50 percent done and sometimes the other 50 percent happens a few hours after my first two meetings but my goal is to usually get it done before noon just to feel mm-hmm. like I've done the most that I can for myself with that time I had in the morning. I'm jealous. I think I, I, I wish I could start my work day at, at 5.30. Because then you're done. You're done at 2 o'clock. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm so productive in the hours before noon. Um, whether I wake up at 5 a.m. or wake up at like 10 o'clock. I feel like, like those hours are just so great. So I'm kind of jealous you get to do that. They're like the golden hours. I can't remember exactly who coined it. But it's something like the golden morning hour. Like getting it done just like checking those boxes off feels nice but it's also like wow like one other time of the day do you not have a million different thoughts or conversations or reflections because something i've learned is like your brain is working on questions even after you stop thinking about it you might be asked a question and you stop thinking about it three hours later you're like oh actually i know the answer and it's because your brain kept going but Mm -hmm. the morning is that only time for me to really like think and be with myself it's the quiet before the rest of the world wakes up that you've been able to like optimize and really enjoy even if it is uh, sometimes stressful with those early morning meetings at least you have figured out a way to consistently make 
it actually a positive thing because sometimes I think people might see oh man I'm doing east coast hours living in the west coast and it'll be a drag it'll be like a let me just wear my pjs into that 5 30 meeting but it sounds like you've been able to craft it to better yourself and set your day up on your own terms exactly and actually I did for the first month or two do exactly what you said like I would just get up brush my teeth and like get on a call didn't even change my clothes and I was like this really doesn't work for me like I don't feel like I can be efficient or productive I can't be like my best self when I know I'm like sitting in like my leggings or whatever you know I was sleeping in but I think it's really helpful just to be able to like save that time and set yourself up for success even if it means like waking up 10 minutes early like I Mm -hmm. wash my face I brush my teeth I change my clothes we're already on a good start for the day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious now if you're working on East Coast times, living in the West Coast, so it's what, 5.30 to like 2.30? Till 2. Till just 2. About. So what do you do with the rest? Of, then you have the whole day of, of yeah, sunshine and 70 degrees. Yeah. Like, what do you, are you outside just like running around? Like, I feel like I would... I feel, like I'd, <laughs> I feel like I would always be outside. The sun's always shining here. It's always very... I, I think, you know, you see, you see, we've been go, yeah. going on walks. People are walking their dogs. Everyone's out and about. There's a lot more, like, outside activities and stuff like that. Yeah, San Diego is amazing. And honestly, when I was looking at cities to move to, I debated Austin, Texas. I debated, like, even Pacific Northwest. And then I looked up, you know, the weather really impacts my mood and yeah. being able to see sunshine and fresh air. So I Googled top, like, five best cities with the best, like, temperatures or whatever <laughs> in the U.S. And San Diego was, like, number one. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I really love Boston, but the times that I really love the weather is maybe three to four months per year. So I decided, you know, why could it, you know, it couldn't really hurt to just like give it a shot, see what it's like. But for the rest of the day, I appreciate the sunlight so much. So yes, I am usually out for a walk. I would say at least an hour a day, like after work, just to like clear my mind. Sometimes it's a podcast, sometimes it's music, sometimes it's just I have my earphones in, but nothing's playing because, you know, I just want to be with myself and my thoughts. Um, And then usually it is another workout, maybe 45 minutes or an hour. I'm doing a home workout because right now gyms are open. I'm still not fully comfortable with going to a gym as of right now. So working from home, having some light weights, doing some banded exercises, that's usually the rest of my day and meal prepping or Mm -hmm. cooking Mm -hmm. or calling family or friends who are on the east coast maybe they're just finished up dinner so those are usually the ways i fill my day and then i'm a grandma who goes to sleep around 9 30 so yeah. i don't think you know, i think when you wake up at 4 45 and then yeah. 9 30 is pretty late that's true it's interesting i've actually heard a lot of people like similarly to you their days have shifted completely because they're now living at home in hawaii but they're still working on west coast hours or east coast hours so i think what you're saying is very relatable to, I'm sure, what some folks our age are also going through with adjusting their days. Definitely. Definitely. And one thing I just want to add in is, like, your day for the next day starts the day before. Yes. I've learned this a lot. If anyone listened to the Vegan Gym on a podcast, like, if you go to bed at 10, 11 o'clock, say you're me, the night before, like, how... I, I can't wake up at 4.45 being like, let's do this, let's crush mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm usually like, wow, I feel a little bit foggy. 
not fully there, and then rolling into the afternoon, I've been up for 12 hours, my workout's like at 50% level when I wanted to be at 100% level. Like I'm not gonna you know, kill the run or whatever I wanted to do because I'm just like not fully energized. So mm-hmm. I've learned my lesson the hard way. So usually the power down the night before is like all technology. I always try to turn it off by nine o'clock so that it gives me like at least 30 minutes to just chill and have like a hard copy book, which has been my new thing. Do you, so I'm curious, do you work out in the afternoon every day then? Is it, okay. Yeah, I've tried to do morning workouts. I had a personal trainer a few years ago and we tried, (laughs) if Cody listens to this, we tried. I'm just not a 6, 6.30 a.m. workout Mm -hmm. and given my schedule, it would usually have to be around like 4 a.m., which I know some people do. Not my thing, could do it, but um, yeah, I usually like, power up with just like a cup of coffee or something light so usually um, lunch is usually pretty light so that I can jump around and feel active by the afternoon and then finish up with like dinner and a protein shake nice I know we've so I'm, I'm maybe backtracking a bit but so we've been talking about morning routines and then also how your evening routine fuels your morning routine and that I'm thinking about the name of this the series of this uh the name of this series of this podcast. <laughs> so many words. It's early in the morning. Not really. Um, so we're talking about rising up, right? This is the rising up series. You also happen to have created a Instagram account focused on health and wellness and your weight loss journey. And the name of that po- uh, of the name of that account. <laughs> I can't speak today. What is the name of that account? That is Rise with Rima, and I do have <laughs> to give full creds to Tofu Talk because John and Asia helped me debate on the name for that Instagram account after we picked up. I think it was Bubble Tea in Boston. Oh yeah, yes. we were walking that day. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and I then you wait. What what uh, month of twenty twenty did June. you? You created I think Rise it was about Rima. June 2020. Yep. So, not a full year, but yeah, but Rise yeah. with Rima. Well, I'm trying to go with the other name you were debating on. It was um, Running with Rima? No. I think there was a Running with Rima, and I realized I was like, I'm just not a runner. Like, I, <laughs> I, I will run, but I'm like, I don't think this one's going to stick. But I really like Rise with Rima. It's grown on me. And I think just like clicking into circadian rhythm and the way like our bodies naturally move instead of the whole diet and fitness I guess the classic way that it's been Mm -hmm. spun into today like just wasn't driving with me into like being fit with Rima like what does fit mean like what does healthy mean like everybody has a point of healthy and fit for them Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a specific number that someone could say this is what it is to be healthy or this is what it is to eat right and eat clean I I really don't like the term like eat clean Mm -hmm. because Clean it's meaning too- like, did you wash your fruit? Right. Okay, now it's clean. They bleached it. Yeah, or like um, I ate bad. Like what right, does it like mean? finding that balance. Like some people aren't gonna be able to eat like, you know, whole foods and like raw no. foods like twenty four seven. That might not even be the way to go. But for me, it was finding that balance because there's so much information in the world that I was like, how do I rise but in my own way, and in my own uh, pace. I love that. I think that's kind of what this series is gonna kind of all be about because. I think rising up because it's not just focusing on like you, the health aspect, but just like rising up in general, like increasing the quality of your life, improving the quality. And that gets what you do for a living, mm-hmm. I guess. It's quality improvement, but kind of increasing the quality of your life. So I think that name was was spot on. Thanks for letting us uh, help out with uh, with taking that one out. Um, so thinking of the Instagram account you created it last June, what was 
the reason for creating it? Was it kind of just to track your own progress? Was it to try to inspire others, try to help others give information that, you know, you were curious about so then you would do the research, figure it out, and you were like, oh, let me share it so it's easily accessible for others. What was kind of the reasoning for creating the account? Yeah, so I think it probably started maybe when COVID started, the idea for all of this. It wasn't necessarily to say, here's like just my weight loss journey, but I think a lot of accounts that I had followed were like either food or workouts or recipes or, you know, being vegan or being vegetarian, whatever it was. And I was like, I like all of these, but like my journey right now is a component of all of them. Mm -hmm. And I kind of also wanted to keep track of myself and keep myself accountable. Like, how am I doing? Like, am I pushing myself compared to where I was a year ago? And through four photos and videos or Instagram, it's a nice way to be able to say like, oh, this is a fun way to do it. That's not just me writing in a journal or keeping track in an Excel spreadsheet. So a nice visual way, I think, is why I wanted to create that and also connect with people who I had not met in person and kind of keep my personal like friends and family on one account so that it wasn't just flooded with yeah. fitness stuff. I think that was probably the key thing and have another area where I knew if I needed that motivation to like get my hit workout done, I just go to that account and I know that I will see something that will inspire me to just get moving. I like it. I like that way that you've, um, just in the way that you craft your own morning routine, you also are really good at creating the creating the things that will infiltrate your mind and your space and your thoughts, like allowing certain things to come into your realm and knowing that, okay, that's what I need right now. But then on another day, maybe, okay, I just need to be talking to friends and family. So creating different spaces for what you need. I think what you just said is really big. And that was also a big driver. Having the two accounts also sets boundaries because for me, social media in the past, has not always been a positive thing. It could sometimes mean, wow, I'm not keeping up with so-and-so, wow, I'm comparing myself. But by kind of creating the two accounts, it was more to find inspiration and ways to be like, I need this boost, like I need this dose, and I know that these people who I follow are really healthy for me and will get me there. And when I do wanna you know, check in on friends, family, personal life, like I have that other account, but there's that separation between the two that I find to be really helpful. And that's also the way that I set up my phone. I keep certain apps that are really helpful for me on the first. And if I really need to get to like something a little sillier like Twitter or something that I personally don't use for information in that way, I keep it on the last page of my phone. I like that a lot. I like the organization and that can only have come from understanding what isn't healthy for you and experiencing that and seeing how it made you feel to then motivating you to like, oh, I don't like how that makes me feel, or I don't like how this influx of information makes me feel, so let me change that and let me take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes with social media, I I completely agree, can be positive and negative. I think most people will agree with that. But where things are different is that a lot of times people don't know how to manage it or change it Rather, they just let it keep influencing them in Mm -hmm. a negative way. Yeah. And what I kind of heard was like boundaries are also similar to prioritizing. And I think sometimes people think prioritizing is like, okay, this is important and these other things just aren't important, which isn't always the case. It's just like, I know that these are my daily non-negotiable things and these must happen. 
like when I wake up, like I know I must drink water, I must move, maybe that's not a full workout, like, but I will get in a walk somewhere during the day or I'll do laundry, which will force me to go down the <laughs> hallway and back to my apartment. But like setting up that home screen to be like headspace, the weather app, so I can keep track of like when I want to walk or when sunset is. And like, just like, those are the biggest things. I have them right on that home screen as widgets just to keep myself accountable and see it right there. And my fitness pal, depending on what mm-hmm. the week is like. Mm-hmm. So speaking of my fitness pal, I kind of wanted to talk more about your, I don't know if we should call it fitness, wellness, health journey, because I personally, as your sister, I've been able to see you evolve so much over the years uh, in regard to your mindset, personal growth, but also in more recent years, your physical health um, and fitness goals. Um, So kind of, could you just start maybe from the beginning? How did you even recognize or realize that you wanted to change something about your body Mm -hmm. and kind of bring us through the the months or years to where you are now? Yeah, so I would say my journey, and I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see, my journey (laughs) is a span of at least five years. Like maybe I only started tracking calories, macros like in the recent few months, but getting fit quote unquote and like feeling like I was in tune with my body started a little while ago so I'd say about four or five years ago I was about like 175 pounds so since that point I've lost about 40 pounds and to be honest a lot of it didn't even happen because I started going to gym which did help or like started working out but it was like being aware of habits that were part of my daily day that just like were not serving me which was like maybe drinking a lot of alcohol, having a lot of processed food, like eating just foods that weren't right with me. I always knew that I was a little bit lactose intolerant and I was like, nah, it's okay. Like I'll still have the milk show, I'll still have like the coffee or whatever, but I never felt well. Like I always felt tired. I always felt drained. Like going to work was just kind of like foggy headed and like just not clear minded. And so I, I don't know specifically when it was, but I was just like, yeah. I need to do something to change my life. I'm not feeling good. My skin's breaking out. I'm bloated. Like I know that I'm overweight and I'm not doing anything to actually fix the situation. So at that point, um, my company has some like wellness funds or development funds. I was like, let me just hire a personal trainer because that's a lot of money that I don't personally have, but someone's giving me it to improve myself and develop myself. So let me get a trainer. And that's kind of when it started about three years ago at uh, Boston Sports Club in Alston. Wow. That's awesome that your company gave you those. Yeah. What did you call them? Development funds. Development Mm -hmm. funds. Yep. So there's like, yeah, personal, (laughs) fitness, professional. And also I think that's a thing that a lot of people should think about. Like if, even if you're at a company, just being like, Hey, like, is there any, any little bucket for like staff to use, you know, funds like that? Sometimes there is, but you don't know. Right. I feel like a lot of times if you're at a larger company as well, there are these like benefits that you get but maybe you don't know about but that you have to ask about I don't know who you ask human resources or whatever but um but yeah wow so Boston Sports Club you got a trainer got a trainer um Cody if Cody's listening to this yeah he was really helpful in teaching me just like honestly how to go into a gym not feel scared I had never walked into a gym I did go to Northeastern University um graduated about 2016-17 2016-17 I was like four and a half years I could tell you I walked into the gym I believe once 
And the one time I did, I walked around the track once with a friend and I never went in again because I was scared. I was like, I can't, I can't do what other people are doing. Like, I don't even, like, it just all scared me trying to figure out the gym equipment, even how to use the elliptical. Like, I was just nervous about it and didn't have confidence. So when I finally was working with Cody, he was like, yeah, like, if you need a spotter, you can ask someone to help you. Like, these are how you, like, re-rack your weights and, like, how you unscrew things because I just didn't know what to do. So going with him and starting with him made me feel more confident going on my own and just doing my thing. And if I didn't know something, usually I could just like find some down and be like, hey, can you just show me how to do this? And being able to do that on my own and having Instagram and Facebook to like search and YouTube how to do certain things at the gym, that made a big difference. So once I was able to feel confident going to the gym, I started, I think, working out on my own without a trainer too. Um, started just going to the gym, doing my thing, walking more. Once in a while, I would walk home from Harvard Square to Alston, which was like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the way I went. But just getting those steps in, like I was gradually losing weight without actually changing much about my diet. Maybe a little bit here and there. I was still eating out, eating a lot of animal products at that time, but just getting that movement in helped a ton. And then coming up to today, I'm working with the online health coach now, and I think we'll get into that a little bit more later, but just being more aware of like what I let into my mind also was a big thing. And that did me separating myself from some people who are not helping me grow the way that I wanted to grow or I realized I was being held back. But it's also hard because you don't want to blame other people. At a certain point, you have to be like accountable of yourself and be like, yeah, I need to fix me. Like I'm, I'm struggling with stuff. I'm struggling with some mindset or like mental health things. Like I need to get my stuff on track mm -hmm. and that was a big thing of just being accountable of myself i like where you're saying about you need to um you need to work on yourself and i think while it can seem selfish maybe at first or to like externally it can seem selfish truly what helping yourself does is it helps you to help other people in your life you're yeah. trying to be a better version of yourself Oftentimes, I, I know for you, as a very, like, relationship, friendship, like, you, you put a lot of time and effort into your relationships and friendships. I know that from your own personal growth and focus on yourself, it has bettered your relationships with family, friends, co-workers. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that it can be... A little self it can appear self-serving but truly mm -hmm. you're you're serving other people by helping yourself as well yeah it's just that phrase of like you can't pour from an empty cup right mm -hmm. right um, and being from like a social services background all the people that yeah. I know everything people did was to help people but if you're burnt out and then you're trying to help other people sometimes it ends up being like you're not really helping you yeah. might be making the situation worse without even understanding that you know your intention might be good, but like your actions actually might not be helping to get to a better place. Mm -hmm. um, just want to backtrack a little bit. So you talked about personal training in a gym with Cody. I've okay, I've never had a personal trainer in the gym or a coach. I'm working with a friend now, kind of. But um, would you recommend? Because a lot of our, I don't think. I mean, I would say I think for the most part of our viewers, I think about seventy percent are female. 30% of male. I'm not sure how many of you guys go to the gym or work out, but I'm sure some of you don't. Any for beginners, do you think something they should do if they can afford it, like to get a personal trainer? Or like, 
what would be the first step maybe you'd tell them to just get started um, mm-hmm. if they wanted to improve their, their health or their fitness? Yeah, so I think there's two things. I think if first would be pinning down your why, because if you don't know why you're going to the gym, like to be honest, I wouldn't waste your money like mm-hmm. on a personal trainer because they're going to teach you how to how to use things at the gym and be trained, but that might be 10% of your week. Like if you go one hour, maybe two hours a week to work with a trainer, like what happens with the other rest of the hours in the week? So if your why is just to like start moving, then I would say use your two feet and just start walking around, biking, do things that are low cost to like see like what are my goals. And if like your goals change and maybe you want to increase your muscle, decrease your fat, then maybe you need to get a little bit more nitty gritty, save up some money and you know, get a trainer. But I think the biggest thing with doing all that is finding your why, because number one, you don't want to waste your money. And number two, you need to make sure like if you're not doing this for yourself, if you're just doing it for the aesthetic, like maybe a trainer's maybe the best way but maybe you need someone who also can help you with the nutrition and all the other aspects outside of the gym Mm -hmm. um, depending on the why and so I think that's very helpful information because you talked about how going to the gym for you was first it was more about uh, the lack of confidence you had in using gym equipment and whatnot so that was very helpful because it was a skill you didn't have of knowing how to use all the gym equipment which a lot of people don't because like I think I think when you first go into a gym it seems like everyone knows what they're doing but you never think about oh maybe they struggled at one point to know what they were doing right, right. but um but some people might go and also not use it properly so I think right. I knew that I could if I really pushed myself learn how to do it but when you hire a trainer or a coach like you cut the learning curve by 50%. Yeah. So that's where your money goes. It's not because it's just a lot of money. I think it's because you're like, okay, I could learn this in three months, but do I want to learn it in a week? And that's where the cost uh, cost part comes in. Mm. So we're talking about that's personal training in the gym. Mm-hmm. What about um, different types of trainers? So that's a physical fitness trainer. In the gym. In the gym. What about other types of health coaches or um, or nutritionists have you worked with to tackle that aspect of your uh, of your journey? Yeah, definitely. So I think with COVID, a huge business or area that has come to light for me has been online health coaching, and that can mean several things. There's a lot of people who say they're online health coaches, and I think that's why it's important to pin down your why because. You can find an online health coach who is there to just help keep you accountable. You can find someone who maybe you have a nutritionist who is helping you with the nutrition and food aspect. And sometimes it's the fitness part. They give you workouts for your body, for your goals that you're striving to choose from. And for me, I realized I was like, I need an online health coach because of COVID and being home just to feel plugged into someone, a community, something where I felt like I wasn't just home, just like, running around doing hit and waking up my neighbors like I had like a group of people to go to other clients that the coach was serving or um you know the coach to be like hey I need help like I'm just like not feeling motivated or I've fallen off track I've overate I've binge ate for like a week or two like help like that's why I hired a coach just to help me because I was feeling a little bit you know at home and just like in COVID quarantine times just needed someone there 
And so what kind of, um, you said to know what your why is so that you can pick the right uh, nutritionist or health coach. How, um, who are, or, or who are you working with now? Or has it been like a, have you been working with the same person or group of people? Um, or has it changed as you've realized what your ideal health coach is? And also, what is it about who you're working with now? Because also, you, you know, it could always evolve. You could maybe right. use this person for so long yeah. and then want to change your goal could change or whatnot. But what is it now that you like maybe structurally or yeah. that kind of works with your life? Exactly. So I think there were four phases and they all kind of line up with quarantine. So when quarantine and COVID first started in about February, March, 2020, I, I was shook because I was like, wow, I have no gym. I'm going to gain 40, 50 pounds back. Like I was scared. And then part of me was like, why am I going to let a virus dictate whether or not I'm going to gain weight? Like I've lost weight just by moving. Let me keep moving. And I think this is the time when Asia was living with me, um, in Jamaica plain in Boston. And she would oftentimes hear me like doing hit workouts. Like I was yeah. doing yoga. Sometimes it was like African like dance, like on YouTube, like whatever got me moving because this was also a cold time in Boston when I was not a runner. I was also not going to run out in the snow. I'm not as endurance, uh, trained as John over here running through sleet and rain and snow, but I think a big thing for me was finding that and somehow I stumbled upon Danielle Wilson and she had a, a hit community and I love Danielle. Um, I still say she's my coach because she's so inspiring. She's always on Instagram. I remember joining um, her hit session. She had different hit workouts and the community she built taught me a lot about how important it is to have people who have some kind of similar goal as you just to get moving how to stay focused, stay on track and do your thing, even when other people in your life might not be chasing after those same goals. So I found Danielle, then I found, I think it was Heather Robertson on YouTube and she does some home hit workouts, different types of things that you can pretty much search on YouTube and be like 10 minute, 20 minutes, different things. And then I was like, I need a little bit more structure. Um, and in the course of moving from Boston to San Diego, I had gained some weight, fluctuated. I lost a lot of weight, hit my lowest weight, but I also lost a ton of muscle and felt like a lean string bean. Yeah. I, like I just like felt weak and tired and I was like, I'm not doing something right even though I'm at my lowest weight. So I realized at that point that weight loss was not my goal. My goal was fat loss and keeping that same amount of muscle. And in order to do that, there's there's science behind it to do it right mm -hmm. and do it in a healthy, sustainable way. I realized I need a coach. So I had my little ups and downs on a chart, if anyone <laughs> can imagine it, just like little hills and valleys all the time. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I started searching health coaches, came upon Kenny Marie, part of the Beyond the Physical team. And I worked with Kenny for about three months. She really helped me to establish those morning and evening routines, being able to meditate and just have a big part of my day set to mental and mindset changes, drinking enough water. So like drinking a gallon a day, sleeping seven and a half hours, like all of those things. She was really helpful in helping me do that. But the one thing I was missing in that community was like, I wanted to become a vegan and actually have like a vegan lifestyle and a vegan fitness and nutrition from everything I learned from Asia. And that was kind of missing for me because I was 
one of the only clients at that time who was not really eating, uh, you know, animal-based foods. And it was a little bit harder to talk about protein intake and different sources of like, you know, micronutrients when I was eating differently than maybe 20 other people. Mm. So in that journey, after the three months with Kenny, I shifted over and joined Fritz and the Game Changer Academy. So pretty much vegan weight loss, but I shouldn't say weight, vegan fat loss, muscle gain on a fully plant-based diet. So I'm currently in that program right now and yeah, wow. really excited to keep learning. With um with Kenny, was it like me like she gave you a meal plan or was it still kind of tracking macros? I know you track macros now. Was hers yeah. tracking macros too or? Yeah, so actually Kenny taught me how to track macros. Okay. I had never done it before. I had heard about it a little bit through um, someone else named Anjuli. Mm -hmm. She I think is from New Zealand, and I was looking through her YouTube and her her clients. I was interested in her as a coach at a certain point. I was like, what is this macros magic that people are talking about? And I was like okay, proteins, fats, and carbs. I went on my little nutrition journey with talking to Asia and trying to like figure this out. And I was like, something's behind this. And so when I was working with Kenny, I learned about how to like use my fitness pal. She had come up with a few different, uh, different meal plans for me. And at a certain point in the program, you can kind of substitute like different things or learn how to like eat out a little bit more balance. Like if you're going to have a drink or two a night, you know, or like per week, sorry, not a night, but um, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, right, you don't want to do a drink or two a night down. if you're doing a fat loss, it's not going to help you, <laughs> but you know how to balance that out. Like maybe you eat like less carbs in the morning or something right. like that, but it was helpful for me to just learn the basics from her. So then I felt like I had more of a running start with Game Changers being like, okay, I've tracked it. Let me now see how I can do this fully plant-based. So before, so now before you... I know me and Asia both use MyFitnessPal for quite some time, like yeah. here and there. I use it a lot back in like the end of college, beginning of high school, um, or sorry, end of high school, beginning of college. <laughs> um, I guess, what, what did you do before? Was it just intuitively eating? Were you like, kind of just doing like, like because you weren't vegan, then chicken and rice, like every other fitness person does? Because um, I feel like for me, it's kind of similar to what you said, like when I learned about, and again, I want to say this too, macros... Is macros aren't everything. Got to make sure you get your micros in as well. Mm -hmm. They're just as important. But when it came to um, like like my weight loss and fat loss, like when I first learned about the like the numbers behind macros, like oh a carb is four calories, right. I was like wait a minute, this is just adding subtracting for those right. goals. Obviously, when it comes to the bigger health picture, you got to make sure you get your micros too. But I remember I thought it was like this whole like. Just oh like, yeah! Oh my God! This this all it is. I had that happen at the beginning of quarantine when I realized all weight loss was, and I think I woke Asia up at like two a.m. <laughs> it was like it was funny. Oh, weight yeah. loss is just expending more energy than what you are consuming. Like you just have to move more than than you eat. Like that was it. Like that's perfectly it. And I did that for about six months, but then at the end of the six months, I was like, "What's happening? I feel gone. I feel low energy." Mm -hmm. Like. I'm super skinny, but not in the way that I was like looking at pictures of my body. I was like, I'm just, I'm just a flat. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to yeah. put it. Like there was not much muscle and I felt tired and I was like, I didn't do this right. And when I did some more research and shit, I'm like, yeah, fat loss for like, it is an easy thing, just numbers, but to like, or sorry, weight loss, but to like just lose fat and make sure you're maintaining 
your muscles and the vitamins in your body and like not having any deficiencies, it's a little bit more of like a thinking thing. You can't oh, yeah. just eat straight up lettuce and turkey mm-hmm. every single day for every single meal. Like you will definitely have a deficiency <laughs> by the end of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it took I me mean, for myself. I think it took me years to learn that because I think when I first started, it was kind of I was younger, so I had like higher testosterone. I was like mm-hmm. in high school, so like the weight loss came off, and I was building muscle at the same time. I was able to do that, and then once you get older, you're like can't do these things it was like much more complicated more complex and longer term you're not just like oh i can you know lose 30 pounds in a month it's like it's like your metabolism changes as you get older right everything changes your lifestyle we're now working nine to five jobs we aren't like moving around the way we were maybe in high school practice for two hours after school and then you're hanging out on the weekend Mm -hmm. so just your lifestyle i think what you were talking about as as far as like at the beginning of your uh, weight loss, fat loss journey, just moving just was moving. the biggest part of of yeah losing some of the first pounds. Literally just walking. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it was that one... Like, it could not have been one or two hours a week with Cody. Like, that definitely helped because I was more conscious about what I was doing. But, like, Cody and I were just focusing on, like, me learning, like, the different muscle groups and, like, literally how to, like... St- like put the weights on and things like that so I wasn't throwing things around the gym and just not knowing what I was doing but um and not hurting yourself and not too. hurting myself because I think from the very beginning I'm a cautious person like my biggest thing is I know if you have an injury it sets you back a big amount mm-hmm. and I was like the last thing I want to do is injure myself and then gain all the weight back because I'm just like sitting around and not able to do what I'm doing so and feel demotivated and feeling demotivated I think that's a really big thing too um but back to sorry what John was saying about like eating I'm still learning how to track my macros like I am not at all at a point of intuitive eating like I am learning right now and that's why I hired a coach like I'm learning how to do that because I've dealt with like bouts of like binge eating mm-hmm. or eating things excessively because I was so hungry but maybe I only was eating 10% of the protein I needed which was where the hunger was coming from or I was severely dehydrated and I was eating instead so now that I'm like starting to learn those, now I feel ready to like really take on like, all right, this is what I'm tracking, this is what I'm eating, to hopefully in you know maybe a year, maybe even two years, I'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, I know how to build a plate and feel satiated, but also know I got all those micros and the macros in like a few times a day, and I'm not eating in surplus, like I'm eating at least at a maintenance way, and not always in a deficit. Too. I love it. Right. I th- well, I just think the the skill you learned, like by tracking macros for X amount of time, like you learned that oh, if you ever if I ever do fall off the wagon at some point again mm-hmm. or something, I know oh, I, if I start tracking again for a month or for a few weeks, I can get myself back on that. Track. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, this is something I always kind of try to keep in my head. I'm like, if I'm not feeling good or yeah. if it's been like a bad stretch or a bit or. You know, if I just track for a week, I'll be like feeling like I can back into my groove. So I think exactly. it's like it's building that toolkit of of having all of the coping mechanisms, or not even coping mechanisms, but the knowledge that mm-hmm. you can help yourself if you are to run into a mm-hmm. uh, obstacle or challenge down the line. It's having that confidence and that. We've mentioned this before, actually, with when we had our interview with uh, Kayla, who's a nutrition expert. She talks about the concept, or she spoke about the concept of Mm self-efficacy, which is um, really important for any type of behavior change. But self-efficacy is really like you 
are doing the things that um, build your confidence. Right. And you feel right. like, because, okay, I've learned how to do these things, I can do them again in the future, and maybe I can be even build on to them. Yeah. But it's a process of building that toolkit to build your self-confidence. 100%, because, and I think that's why I try to tell people, like, I'm not just trying to lose weight. Like, I'm trying to build a healthy lifestyle where I never will have to learn, or never will have to be like, I need to diet, I need to be in a deficit. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's not fun. No matter what anybody says, it is not fun to diet, it's not fun to be in a deficit. Like, you gotta think. But you also want to be like, maybe I'll do this for a few months and then I won't have to do it. Or Mm -hmm. if I feel like I quote-unquote fell off the wagon, like, maybe it'll be a shorter diet or deficit Mm -hmm. or cut for, like, two, three weeks and it won't be, like, the six months to really get to a good maintenance of, you know, fat and strength and muscle. But um, a big thing that I love that Kenny does on her Instagram is sometimes she'll be very straightforward and vulnerable and say, hey, like, I feel like I've been feeling kind of poopy the past few weeks. Like, let me get back on track and just go to one of my meal plans I have, like, saved. Let me just eat, buy a meal plan, like, that is planned out by, you know, macros and micros and fiber for the week. See how I feel. And then maybe I can go back to just, like, eating quote-unquote normal or eating at maintenance but having the toolkit ready for the times when you have a really bad week you're really stressed your mental health is just not in a great state like you can lean on the things that you had before to just like get you back to mm-hmm. a, you know a steady pace mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's oh, sorry go ahead I think it's all about like for me I think at this point in life it's more about how I feel like do mm-hmm. I feel good do I feel like healthy or happy in my body um like if i can wake up in the morning even like on this trip i've been eating very delicious food and i'm waking up feeling being like (laughs) like but i know like when i get home i'll just hop back on it for i can like just like you know tone it in a little bit for a week and then you know once i my body feels happy again or whatever um i know that it'll be kind of back on track that makes sense Mm -hmm. but i think that's like like you guys are saying the whole toolkit it's like so it's so that you can enjoy these things in life right have these experiences and whatnot exactly and the reason i took advantage of this quarantine time to have a health coach and to work on this is because i'm in that bubble that you're just talking about john where it's like you can have these routines and have the structure and it's not interrupted and I know when we are post-COVID, like, we will be in a world where people are like, let's grab an after-work drink. Like, let's go, you know, and, you know, have a ton of, like, junk food, like, out at, you know, wherever. Like, have fun and have, like, greasy tacos or whatever. And I want to be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I need to get my act together now so that I know when those situations come, okay, yeah, like, maybe I'll have the tacos, but I'll have one. Mm-hmm. But even other people might have, like, four or five. Like, I'll have one, I'll eat something beforehand, and also, like, I'm a n- total newbie at being plant-based and vegan. Both terms that we probably should have... You guys should listen to this in the other <laughs> episode about all these terms. I'm probably using some of them inaccurately. But mm-hmm. being a new vegan, I've had to also learn when opportunities come up that I want to go to, I'm all about the vegan pre-gaming. I had my protein shake before I went to that restaurant or I had a huge salad with lots of like tofu and tempeh, just something so I don't feel like I'm, you know, not like being able to enjoy the full experience if I'm going. Exactly. And it's like uh, with any any type of uh, dietary pattern, like let's say you um, you are lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. You're going to prepare ahead of time. If you know that you are going to have ice cream, maybe you'll bring 
um, a yeah. lactase pill with oh, you. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just like that preparation for any type of situation that you know yeah. you're going to be in. Like if you know you're going to be drinking that night, maybe you drink some water throughout the day so you're yeah. hydrated. Oh, so yeah. it's just that preparation, um, for which sure. is a big part of the vegan lifestyle yeah. as well in a non-vegan world. Yeah, and I think you taught me the best parts about Asia. Like, having a plant-digested um, enzyme has changed the game for me. So my stomach, I think, has always been a little bit uneasy with the foods I've ate, even through childhood up to now. Like, probably college was terrible with the amount of drinking and, like, alcohol and just, like, greasy foods. So I probably could use a lot of enzymes then and a lot <laughs> of change back then. But even now... I know when I eat out, there might be stuff in the foods that's not listed in the ingredients. I just take the enzyme, and it really helps me to feel like, okay, I'm like trying a little bit to make sure my stomach's like in a better state, um, so I'm not feeling really icky when I wake up the next morning, even if it's just from food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Wow, we've covered quite, quite the... Uh... The lifespan of I, I have like fitness. 10 more questions I want to ask, but... you want Do you want to finish it off with one of your questions? Um, okay. Let me think of one. So you're working with... It's Fritz? Fritz and the Game Changer and the Game Academy. Changer. Okay, so I, I saw the them. Yeah. We'll I, link all of these accounts that we're talking about in our show notes. I saw these guys. I listened to them on Nimai Delgado's Generation B podcast. Super um, knowledgeable. Loved everything that they were saying. As a, as a, I shouldn't say a new vegan or new plant, because you've been kind of like, I'm a newbie, I'm a newbie. But (laughs) what would, when it comes to fitness, what has been your, has it, has there been a challenge and what has the biggest challenge been? Because when I think, when I first went vegan, I think I had a little bit of a learning curve, Mm -hmm. but ultimately kind of adjusted, kind of made the adjustments, but what has been the biggest challenge you've faced so far, if any? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's challenging if you are living and also interacting with groups of people who are not um, vegan or not plant-based or eating a lot of things you just don't eat. So I think that's the biggest thing, which is why I looked for health coaches who had a community like Game Changers. I knew that it was just a thing. The group of people, the clients, I think there's about 75 to 100 people, like everybody in that group does not eat and chooses not to eat animal products. And that made it so easy because I was like, I don't have to dial down any of the information. I don't have to pick and choose what I want to learn. But those were challenges I faced in the past. So just knowing like you have that toolbox or that community or people to go to who can be like, okay, here's here's the information. Let's get going and just take action. Because I think you can only do, from my experience, so much planning. And this is coming from a project manager. You can plan for years and then things like COVID happen and what happened to all the planning? You just mm-hmm. gotta you just gotta go and you gotta reroute. And so I figured that out a little bit with my health journey, just like you plan, you plan, and then you figure it out and you pick from your toolbox to help you get through whatever comes through the next day. That reminds me of our uh, our flights on the way here. Exactly. Probably, oh man. We, we had it planned out a month in advance to the T, and then uh, never mind. Away. Yeah, just stop over here. Get that. there by nine p.m. Nope. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good point. It's a good yes. point. No matter how much planning you do, you still have to, uh, you know, be ready for what might get thrown. Account at you. for the unpredictable. What's the saying? The wrench. Get ready for the wrench thrown. At, the uh, wrench thrown at you. Since we're talking about toolkits. Throw a wrench. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Rima, thank you for. 
um, being on the show today. This, I think, has been my favorite episode. Our favorite I think so, interview. too. And we no, also, no hate to Dever or Kayla, but this has been very fun. Yeah, and no hate to each other either, since most of these podcasts have been just you and I, John. Um, but yeah, you're, you're good. For <laughs> no, this is um, great, and I feel like this is exactly what I look for in a podcast, just to be able to hear different perspectives. And I wouldn't have found Dever or Kayla through my own means, so to find them through you guys has been really great. Good. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with this platform is to bring on, besides us talking about things, also bring on people who have their own experiences, have learned a lot, mm-hmm. have a lot to share with our listeners as well. Um, and you have done exactly that. And I know oh, that there's geez. so much more we could talk about, but we have more episodes to come. So. Yeah. And with the head of the beach. And we have to head to the beach, so we have to wrap this All up. The <laughs> but thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Rima, for being here and hosting us here in San Diego um, before we head back to Boston. But uh, yeah, this has been lovely, and we look forward to continuing these conversations in our Rising Up series. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, everyone. See ya. See ya.